0: Things you have seen, the things you are seeing, and the things you will see. And so, uh, what is now, what you've seen, what is now, and what will take place later. So, past, present, and future. Past is the eternal God who always existed in the form of Father and of Son and of Spirit. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. So, Father, Son, Holy Spirit are all manifest in this picture, this vision that John is receiving while he's on exile or in exile. Uh, there's so much uh, I suppose we could say about that. And so here is this uh, God with a sharp two-edged sword in his mouth, and, and uh, John is afraid, and then the voice speaks to him and says, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I want you to write down, in other words, I want this to be not just for you, but I want it to be for posterity. I want it to be for those who will follow you. I want you to write what you have seen. I want you to write what is now, so what had he seen? Well, you just seen a revelation of jesus what is what what is the present, what is right now? It's just this awesome sense of God in the middle of candlesticks. Somehow candlesticks being related to God the Father. Candlesticks being related to Jesus the Son. Candlesticks. The eternal God. And candlesticks. What was, what is, what is to come. So the whole book of Revelation really ties those three concepts together. And uh, by the way, it's not looking that bad out there. We can preach for a long time. Uh, So the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks is this. The seven stars are the angels. The Greek word is agalos, which means messenger, which means probably uh, the pastor of the church, the apostle of the church, somebody who is in a position of ministering to the church. And so it's not actually referring to an angelic being. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, Right? wait a minute, let's go back. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So now we get a picture. There's a church. Each one is different than the other, and yet they're all tied together in covenant relationship with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Each one of them go through tribulation. They go through trial. Each one of them are participants in a world that is beyond us, it's not really a world, it's a kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. So we each one of them live in this present reality called <laughs> the world in which we live in. But at the same time, there's a greater reality, the greater reality of the kingdom. There is companionship in this relationship, a companionship that that helps a person endure. A companionship that causes people to walk alongside. So no one is an island. No one really experiences the full purposes of God by themselves. You experience in relationship with others. And there's so many people that say, well, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I just don't believe in the church. Well, you're missing something because Jesus believes in the church. And if Jesus believes in the church, it would be a good idea for us to believe in the church. Jesus didn't say the church was perfect, not at least in its practical outliving, but it is perfect in that it is washed in the precious blood of the Lamb and has been uh, cleansed and purified and is therefore positionally perfect. So uh, it's perfect in the sense that it is righteous, it is de- decreed to be justified. It's imperfect in the sense that it is being sanctified. There's a process of maturity bringing us into the full maturity of the body of Christ. So all of this gets pictured into this. And so here is something for us to just really stop and think about. Uh, The mystery of the seven stars. You saw in my right hand. And the mystery of the seven golden candles that lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels. Some people just translated pastors or uh, teaching pastor, the one who brings the messages typically to the church, uh, are the angels of the seven churches. And the, <coughs> and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So... this is actually incomprehensible from human from a standpoint of human elect, intellect and that's why he refers to it as a mystery the mystery of the stars of the leadership of the church the seven the the mystery of the church itself the entity called the body of christ these seven lampstands picture of perfection of completeness seven And golden, a picture of the divine. And so here you have, what characterizes the church? Well, it's in unity, and a unity that is complete, which is symbolized by seven. It's a lampstand, therefore it has a purpose. It produces light. Oil is poured into the lampstand, which of course is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, and the message is divine because it's coming from the goldenness, if you will, of the lampstands. And you can't figure this out. And the moment you try, you're going to trip. Because you'll say, well, I know this guy, he was a minister. He He, he was a charlatan. He... He robbed people of money, or I know this pastor, or I know this organization, if you will. (laughs) Uh, That was really corrupt. And you're telling me that, uh, well, well, the Bible deals with all of that, as you can see when you go through the book of Revelation. But you can find at people who claim to be the church who maybe really aren't the church. People who claim to be leaders who really do not have the qualities or the qualifications of a leader. We tend to judge leadership on the basis of giftings, how gifted they are, how great they can preach, what anointings they have. But the Bible judges spiritual leadership on the basis of character. Character always comes before giftings. But the mystery You can kind of rest back and say, Lord, when people come to me and they say, I don't go to church because of this or that or I was hurt or da-da-da, I I can just sort of shut that out because there's probably a lot more to it that they're not telling me. I, I need to just bask in the revelation that, Lord, you are in your church. Your church is in you. The essence of the body of Christ isn't even human. It's divine, even though we are humans. The message of the church is not of our own making, but it's a candlestick message. It's, it's made possible by the pouring of the Holy Spirit. You get a beautiful picture of this in the book of Zechariah. And you see the, the pouring of the Holy Spirit into the church and the glow of the gospel emanating from the church in the message that the church brings. So I turned and I saw. Instead of seeing a voice or a trumpet or a person, uh, I saw seven, seven golden candlesticks uh, or lampstands. Uh, candlesticks is another expression. So yes, there was the presence of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, but what did God want me to see? Yes, he wanted me to have a revelation of them, but what he wanted me to see is the church. Why? Why does he want us to focus on the church? And the answer to that is simply it's because that's where his focus is. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So whenever we... <laughs> Can I tell you a little secret, well, it won't be secret once I tell it, but if I say, don't you tell anybody else, that won't go anywhere. Uh, this is being recorded. So whenever I plan to prepare to preach, uh, usually weeks in advance, I know where I'm going with the word that the Lord places in my heart for the church. But then when there's a storm that comes, I think, Well, if this message is for the whole church, and lots of them won't be there, I better hold off on that. So I do. And I go to bed. Last night I thought, okay, if we have church tomorrow, not everybody will be there, that's for sure. So uh, I should get another message. I should find another message and stay up half the night studying for what I should preach. I don't do that. I just go to bed. And I went to bed last night knowing that what I would hope to preach today, I wouldn't be preaching because I need the whole church to hear it. So what do I do? I just go to bed and I sleep. And I get up in the morning and I call the elders and say, are we having church or are we not having church? I look at the closures on the radio. Who's closed? Who isn't closed? Uh and I look at the traffic cams on the highway and, and they were pretty bad this morning actually and and so you you don't really know and so on a day like this you don't know if you should if you shouldn't so you do anyway for those who can come but to tell you the truth I what I'm sharing with you this today is not a prepared message not in the sense that I spend a lot of time studying it but it is very prepared in that for over 50 years of being in the Word of God and being in pastoral ministry and being in evangelistic ministry and putting myself into the Word and studying, it's just a matter of when I get to church, Lord, and it's like Revelation chapter 1. And so I just came here and I sat on the front pew and I I opened Revelation chapter 1 I read it again and just said, okay, that's where I'm going. Why? Why can I just simply do that? I'm not boasting when I say that. But it's the more that you spend in the Word of God, time spent in the Word of God, the more the Word of God is in you. You get in the Word, and the Word gets in you. And I remember when I was in Bible school, one of the teachers said, you know, I would love to have another whole lifetime just to study the book of Genesis. And at the time, I thought, boy, you'd get awfully bored, wouldn't you? And and now as time has gone on, and I realized, yes, you could probably spend lots of lifetimes in the book of Genesis alone and still have so much more to discover, because the Bible is a mine of wealth, and it's inexhaustible. You can dig and dig and dig and keep digging and never encompass all that there is to learn or to know. And here's the message. In a sense, some of you might be here for the first time since this year began. This is our third Sunday, but last week we were closed and the week before it was stormy as well. It's only a few got here but whether you were here before or this is your first Sunday, this is the first month of 2020. And in the natural, we are being prevented from being in fellowship that we usually enjoy on the first day of the week, on the Lord's day. It's kind of been taken from us because of the inclement weather. And so we look, we long, we look, forward to we look to the time when we can be together once again and share a time like this and here's the message jesus is in the midst of the churches the seven golden candlesticks and the nature of the church is not human it's divine just, let's just probe a little bit further a- into this passage. Are you receiving something from this this morning? Uh, so he then starts in chapter 2, verse 1, to the angel, who's the angel? The messenger, the one who is delivering. It can be the pastor, or it doesn't specifically say pastor, but for all intents and purposes this morning, that would be me as I'm sharing the message of the word. These are the words of him who holds the seven messengers in his right hand. Wow. Now, if you're a pastor and your role is to teach, you're the primary teacher of the church, it's like, uh, what holds me together? Public opinion? Well, that may keep me in a congregation or whatever. But what is it that really holds you together? Is it your intellect? Is it all your study? Is it your PhDs? Uh, Your doctor of divinities? Um, All of your, oh, i got to tell you a story about Marlene's dad. He got saved. He was in Chicago during the Capone era. He was a bad dude he come home, and Marlene's brothers were already born. She wasn't yet. And one day he ends up in a Pentecostal church. He's listening to the message, and halfway through the message, he jumps up and says, this is what I need. What do I do? So the preacher, who happened to be one of our Bible school teachers later on, just had him pray and led him to Jesus, and he became born again, and he served the Lord for the rest of his life. And one day they asked him to preach. And the pastor got up and said, this is Gordon Campbell. He has his B.A. and his D.D., Bachelor of Arts and Doctor of Divinity. And Martin's dad didn't know what to do because he didn't have any of those. And then the pastor said, he's born again and he's done with the devil. (laughs) So... He was able to preach on the basis of that. But you see, it's not our big, long titles or our education. Those are vitally important things to learn and study and to be prepared to minister in this modern world. But what really matters is that we're held in 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 the Lord's hands. He holds the seven angels in his hands. And... By extension, he holds the whole church in his hands. That's pretty amazing stuff. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand (laughs) and walks among the seven golden lampstands.
1: He walks among the seven golden lampstands. Um, uh,
0: it's impossible to intellectually or by my words capture what we've just read. It's very much we read the word of God, we understand the meaning of the words, and the rest then is comes through a relationship that we have individually and corporately with the Holy Spirit. And so right now, I'd like us just to close our eyes. And uh, you don't have to bow your heads, just close your eyes. Um, And just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Just allow the revelation of what we've read to just, um, just come into your mind into your emotions, into your will, into your spirit, and into your body, which is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So may the revelation of he who walks among the seven churches, seven meaning a picture of the whole church, picture of completion, meaning that he walks amongst us this morning.
1: He's here. Hallelujah. Go ahead and just start expressing your praise to him. Lord, we praise you. We magnify you, Lord. We thank you, oh God. Oh, hallelujah, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit.
0: Just to let the Holy Spirit uh, bring this truth to you and impart it. Because we are brothers, we are companions in tribulation and in the kingdom of God. Because of these things, we then embrace each other and we recognize the importance of our brothers, our sisters. We cherish, we love,
1: we care for, we sacrifice for. Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
0: Lord God, make this revelation rich to us throughout this year. That, Lord, you are walking amongst us. (laughs) You are present. You are here right now. You see each one of us and you see us as a body. Those who are present in this room and those who are not able to be here because of the snow. Father. Your son is present right here, reflecting you who are the ancient of days, whose hair is white as
1: snow, which is a picture of that eternal God, not just old in years, but
0: eternally present, uh, existent. And you've used this common language for us to understand that. And then we see, Lord, the, the sword in your mouth. And then as we go through Revelation, we see the things that are to come. And we see that things aren't always going to be as they are. But there is judgment coming to this planet. And our hope is not in anything that is of this earth, but our hope is is vested entirely in a kingdom that is greater
1: than this world. The kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ.
0: And God, we need to prepare ourselves for what will come. Otherwise, you would not have written these words for to John to pass on to us. So, Lord, give us a consciousness of not just the present trials that we go through or the callings and purposes that we are called upon to fulfill, but God, give us an understanding of something that's greater than this present hour, this present time, that will be in the future. And help us, Lord, to
1: live our lives in the light of eternity. Hallelujah.